0: Hey guys, welcome back to the OPD podcast. This week, it's just me, Joe Jeffrey, and my co-host Austin Stout. We have no guest on this week. We um we period periodically, if I can say that word, um, do these Q and A's. Um, we haven't done one for a little while, so Austin had the idea to uh, put a little question box out on his page. Admittedly, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I don't know. Did we get many questions?
1: Um, I put it out kind of late, so I think we have i think we have maybe like half a dozen or so, which is enough yeah I mean sometimes when we put it out like, I always am hesitant to put it out too early because there'll be like thirty questions I can 't answer all,
0: yeah, we always end up leaving some, so maybe that's um maybe that's a good thing um yeah before we dig in man um give us a give us a little personal update of how the the off-seasons going because I, I did notice that you're hitting some pretty damn high weights now. Is this the? the it's got to be the most you've ever weighed.
1: Oh, by by quite a bit. I think the most. Trying to think, the most I ever hit before I prepped for 2019 was 230. You know, like 230 on a day where I'd had a free meal the day before or something, right? I was. Um, but I mean, I'm consistent. I mean, I I don't think I've been under 240. For the last six to eight weeks, I don't think I dip under at all. So now I'm, it's kind of my goal was to get over 240 and then to be over 240 on rest, you know, after a little bit lower food rest days. Mm. And now it's pretty much the lowest weight that I see is about 2 242. Most of the days are like 244 or so.
0: How much do you think um, your training style, this go around has contributed to that? Because I know it's, it's likely a lot less volume than you've done previously. Do you think the sort of expenditure side has helped you or rather, you know, limiting the expenditure side, has that helped you push further than previously?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons that I do it, but I, other than I, I do enjoy it, you know, I enjoy the type of training. But you know, what's funny is that it's... It seems like less expenditure, but my training sessions are pretty much just as long as they were before because it takes so many damn warm ups.
0: Yeah. And I mean, also, in terms of data that we have on Epoch, it seems to be driven more by intensity of effort yeah. rather than total amount of resistance training. I think, like if you were training everything to like an RP seven or eight, you could probably burn more calories walking around Audi, you know?
1: Right. So. Yeah, so you got to figure just the intensity bit is is higher and then you know I I know there's always a debate about volume accumulation but the fact of the matter is if I'm doing seven sets of squats all the way up to my top set like I'm accumulating volume mm. you know because they're other than the first couple ones that are really easy some of those warm ups are still it's still pretty good load, right? Once you start getting up into the last last couple of warm-ups. And the thing with this style of training too is like once you get stronger, and I I mean I'm not the strongest person, but I'm definitely a lot stronger than I was. It's that it requires more warm-up sets and your warmups are now your working weight from before. Mm. You know, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean I, I definitely it's definitely less volume too. Just because I do train less days per week, I'm actually doing the actual three day per work per week DC split, which I don't know that many people I don't even know if anyone does that anymore.
0: Well, it's written that way for a reason, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it you know what though, I, I think if I was if I was a newer trainee or intermediate and or wasn't quite as strong, I could probably definitely do it four days a week. Yeah, for sure. Um But now, man, it's, and I, and I choose mostly, I think because of equipment selection, like if I had a little more machines, like plate loaded machines and stuff that I could use a little bit more, that helps, but it's so taxing doing stuff like, you know, barbell and dumbbell exercises are so taxing. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. I, I'm at, I'm at my limit though. I actually, I gave in, I told Jerrica, yes, uh, two days ago. That I'm gonna hold this weight for another couple of weeks and then I'm gonna have to pull back because I'm like like puking after meals in my mouth trying to hold my food
0: down. Oh, fuck, Cause I've been using you as an example of clients like stop moaning about food. Look at this. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to find the,
1: the same token, I've been I've been eating this much for months. Mm. Like oh quite a long time. I've been over I've been over six thousand calories for at least I don't know, probably probably five months.
0: How long you stayed though is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I was looking at older photos. I, I think I have a little bit I have a little bit more in my lower back than I did, but I don't know. I mean, maybe not. It's a, it's hard for me to tell because because you know like you know when people get more muscular, they can hold a little bit more body fat but still look yeah. as lean if that body yeah, composition is is different, isn't it? Yeah. So and I in fat distribution changes a little bit, I think. But overall, it's not a lot different. I mean, then I would say I look pretty similar to what I looked like around 230 the last time. So I mean that's gotta be it has to be some muscle.
0: <laughs> I hope. Yeah. The fat distribution thing's pretty crazy because so I got my DEXA scan at like the end of my push um uh-huh. At this point, and that came back as eighteen percent on the Dexa, which is probably what people would consider maybe twelve or thirteen percent in real life um sure, but that was like if I had forty pounds of total body fat like and if i'd weighed and I was a uh, two hundred and fifty seven pounds on that scan, you know if you were one hundred and eighty pounds with forty pounds of body fat, you 'd be pretty damn fat. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Well, yeah, well, so, like, how is that, how is that body fat spread over surface area? You yeah. Know, like, like, how big's the surface area type thing? You know, the muscle gets, the surface area expands, it looks less. It's like these guys that have, it's like these pros that have, like, glute lines, but they, they're not even that lean. Yeah, yeah. You know, because the muscle is so deep, and so, there's so much separation that it's just it looks different. I mean, I'm not on that level, obviously, but you know what, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, we'll probably just, I'll probably just going to pull back and for, you know, I'm not that fat, like we said, so I don't really need to pull back in terms of body composition necessarily, but GI and uh, just get some sensitivity back. I I would really like to not go much below like 2:30 if I can so i can come back up i don't know what i'm gonna do away probably 250 or
0: so at least so are you going to do a rapid pullback for a shorter amount i think in a case like this that's
1: kind of appropriate for me just because body composition wise i don't need to lose that much fat and plus it's going to give me the most immediate gi relief yeah and honestly i uh right now, I could tell you I'm gonna start it with some a couple of days of fasting, not maybe the whole day, but yeah. just like some intermittent type you know sixteen eight windows or something um and I know that'll give me some really quick relief, and I'm sure um sensitivity from that alone will will be a drastic improvement pretty fast
0: yeah for sure where where have you ended this phase on macro wise for trainer days and non trainer days? Uh, So, training right now, I haven't
1: adjusted this in about a month because I was steadily still gaining. uh, Training days are 375 protein. And I actually, a note on that, I was clear up to 450 and I slowly brought that down.
0: Yeah, that would be my thought. That would be like the first yeah. thing
1: to be slamming down. Yeah, I will. And when I, when I, f- do my fasts or, or adjust my macros or whatever. I'm gonna bring it down. Yeah. Um, and then also, let's see. So yeah, 375 protein, 1200 carbs, and 105 fat. I think what it was. It's like 7200. It's a little over 7200 calories. Mm-hmm. And then uh, non-training days are what was it? I think it's 3 380 protein, two I have to look. It's like 250 carb and 230 fat or something. It's close to 5,000 calories. It's like 47. And so, I mean, heck, I'm almost 5,000 calories on on rest days and I'm sedentary. I'm not even moving. (laughs) It's it's like I'm fucking literally just fucking sitting here.
0: Have you had a fasted blood insulin test on those? Um, Okay.
1: So I did one on. I did one on about six, I was a little over 6,000 calories. I would mm-hmm. think my carbs were like close to a thousand. Um, so, I mean, they're they're high. And my fasted insulin was, oh, I have it on my computer, but I'm pretty sure it was like a six, mm-hmm. and which isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll, like when I'm really lean, it'll be like under, well under five. It'll get pretty like a four, you mm-hmm. know um it you know it might be a 5 and under is really good fast insulin like i'm i'm sure it's a little higher right now than i would like it but i'm i'm also sure that i have the information mm. like just by i'm i can just tell that now that i'm like getting sluggish and and then my gi is you know it's hard like it's not it's just the amount of food and it doesn't matter what i do with food volume you, you know when you're two bites into a meal and you're full it's not inside <laughs>
0: so, yeah. yeah i'm at is the it, opposite end <laughs> Yeah, yo, you're hungry <laughs> yeah well only in the last couple of, i mean i'm not that hungry the problem is like as you know like when i diet, i struggle with um just managing blood glucose um uh-huh. drops too much right yeah big drops nah. so like earlier today i i ate a meal it was like 70 protein. 10 fat and then uh, like 10 carb, but just veg, like it's just like chicken, oil, meal. A half an hour later, I went for a walk. I must've been walking for about 15 minutes and man, I was like sweating. I got in, took my blood glucose like 2.4. So I don't know what that is in American, but I was like, oh man, then what can you do? You just have to sit around feeling shit, don't you? Like, um, But it always happens to me, man. Every time, as you know, every time I get lean, I get the nasty swings down yeah. yeah yeah I I get them
1: I have to be very very lean for that to happen but but uh well you you remember talking about the refeeds and all that crazy shit that I had going on with <laughs> with blood glucose levels but yeah mine haven't moved surprisingly mine haven't moved in the last I don't know three months
0: hardly like five points so that's good.
1: I I also wonder though how good my nutrient absorption is at the moment.
0: Yeah. Do you think that's maybe what it is? You're just not. But then again, it would be in the. You would have nutrient in the blood, and if nutrient partition was down, surely that would show in the form of glucose. Yeah,
1: it would. You would, and you you would see that, or you would see other nutrients come in the blood, like you might have like protein in the blood, or something. Yeah. there's like a lot of ways it could manifest. But I don't know. It's it's just so bizarre. It, it's fuck. If that's the matter, I should, I should, I should be able to diet down on five thousand calories next time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I always think about this when somebody says like, "There's no evidence for this degree of metabolic adaptation," which you know, yeah, there isn't any data. Fair enough. Like, or there's very little data. But you know, look at you. <laughs> well, yeah, but but like, what subjects do they have that would be
1: willing to do yeah. that to themselves? That's like. It's Jerica pointed out the other day. She's like, you you realize you've been, you've only not been miserable for about a month out of the last year and a half. You're either, you're either like exploding with food or you're starving.
0: Life (laughs) of a bodybuilder, isn't it? It's like,
1: uh, that's true. Yeah, it's it's difficult too. You get to the point now where it's like trying to time food. I mean, my my meal is like three and a half hours away from training. I can't even eat with them because you just can't fucking train.
0: And what are you having your intro at the minute?
1: Well, my intro workout's a whole meal. I start sipping yeah. it. You know, I start sipping it about 20 minutes beforehand. And I'll normally finish it up about 15, 20 minutes towards the end. So I can digest and I'll be able to eat again. But it's uh, I put in 60 grams of weight isolate and 200 grams of carbs and then just has trace fats but i mean fuck that's that's over a thousand calories
0: yeah well i I have similar but 100 carbs instead of 200
1: (laughs) yeah it's like it's like fucking
0: syrup (laughs) it's nice when you're dieting though especially like i swapped i recently swapped out the eaas for a whole protein source simply because they're not uh-huh. pre digested, so it's satiating, you know. Right. I don't really want to be getting to the gym and hungry and wanting to just gulp down this intro and I could sip on a nice actual meal, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it it never takes away from my
1: pumps or anything, you know, as far as like pulling in the stomach, pulling blood in. So I don't really have issues with that. Um, I think as long as you sip on it slow, most people
0: aren't going to have issues, yeah. So, usually by the time i've got to my intro i've had like 48 hours of no carb there and i start sipping it on the way to the gym and i'm inclined just to like chug it you know you get that right (laughs) that's like glucose whoa you know that metabolic flexibility kicks in you're like okay (laughs) you gotta you gotta sort of tone it down but no 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 this has got to last for the whole workout well it's you know once
1: you introduce that glucose and you
0: then you're that kind of floodgate opens a little bit. Yeah. Now you're hungry. <laughs> Especially with the with the protein, you get that potentiated blood insulin release. And it's like, you know, if I don't keep sipping it actually quite actively, I do get a bit of like reactive hyperglycemia as well.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, you get that quick quick spike and drop. You get, it's, that's something I've actually done. So I've actually added, moved the fats around in my meals a little bit. So, you know, I actually like have fats in the carb meals because they're so they're so
0: big yeah so everything's gastric a little bit
1: yeah it's a little bit smoother Uh, plus i mean i don't i don't really know that there there's really no way to prevent overlap between meals when your meals are that big yeah that's gonna they're they're gonna overlap probably really the only time my stomach surprisingly like my bowels are pretty irregular Everything's pretty good so um but yeah it's a cool cool experiment i I really hope that i can pull back if a nice chunk and resensitize and then be able to gain weight on a little bit less food yeah that would be cool i hope that would be that would be ideal but we'll see we'll see what happens i I just can't imagine having to eat like i don't know how i could do it how
0: are you gonna get to 300 pounds bro (laughs) 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 it's
1: you know it's in someone the other day told me well why don't you just
0: introduce more
1: like processed stuff into your diet or whatever you or have more well that's the problem like you my i I can only speculate but my ground levels are so low that literally i just i had anything
0: that i like like what's something that you really like a food uh are you gonna just say something hyper palatable like a a refined carbohydrate with a fat source maybe you know
1: Yeah. It could be anything hyper
0: palatable. So like, like a dessert, like a
1: dessert food or someone might like, or like a certain type of cuisine, they like Asian or Indian or, or, yeah. or whatever. Right. Okay. So literally if I even fucking smell something, I want to just puke. <laughs> like even yeah. just the smell, even just the smell of anything. Like uh, somebody had, uh, I went to the store the other day because I had to pick up a a medication and <clears throat> I, I went by the bakery aisle. I just wanted to fucking puke. Yeah. Because, like, oh my God, my body's just, everything is gross. It's so nasty. So I basically just plug my nose and chew or chug. Do you
0: know what? I've never got you to that, that point in, an <laughs> in my life where I've not wanted to eat more. Never. It's it's awful. It's so bad.
1: And I, you know what? And I don't want to complain. That's just not really my nature but just to being honest just just that's just literally how how it feels and and everything and i'm and you know it's so cool to, because it's just a compensatory thing right my body's trying to do anything it
0: can for me not to eat any more food yeah you don't want to get that f- much further away from homeostasis at least right it doesn't want me to eat i mean
1: so, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, ghrelin levels are low. My my whole palate has literally changed. And I, I assume it will, you know, I assume it'll change back. I'll get hungry again. But um, yeah, I mean, anything like we'll go to, we'll do a, a meal off. I don't even want to do meals off plan because if I go off plan, I'll just eat substantially less and I'd lose weight. Yeah, I'm probably and, shit, shit as well. <laughs> and we'll do, so once a week, we'll do something off plan. Lately, I've just been doing, like last week I tried to go to McDonald's. <laughs> and you guys had McDonald's, so you know what it is. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I I ate like twenty dollars, twenty some dollars worth of McDonald's, which is a lot. Yeah. For one person. Because if you get off the cheap menu, that's like nine items. <laughs> so yeah. It was it, it was disgusting. It was just so gross. Everything's just nasty. Yeah,
0: you can imagine like I don't think I'd eat McDonald's if I could now because I just- <laughs> It would just feel bad you know <laughs> well yeah nothing feels good like nothing
1: i i don't even if it digests okay so like i'm not having so like not any digestive symptoms like bloating or nausea or, or stomach pains or anything
0: like that but i just want to sleep yeah <laughs> i think that's an insulin thing maybe blood insulin um just yeah me. I, mean, insulin, it,
1: I mean i'm sure i'm sure partially related to that but also just the fact that you put a you put a fifteen hundred to two thousand calorie meal in your stomach and the amount of resources it takes to digest that
0: yeah you know, that's true yeah the a, a whole systemic drive twenty four hours a day isn't it yeah, yeah, so i'll and I'm gonna have
1: blood work and I'll get all that done. I had it not not uh, a few months ago, but I'll get it done again here before too long and I'll check my insulin levels, uh, inflammatory markers, all that stuff. But it's a cool, it was definitely a cool experiment. I kind of have to strategize and see how I can improve on that to be able to sustain it. Because if I could sustain it a little bit more, I'd probably just go a little longer. But I don't know. It's just not, when I'm on, I'm like throwing
0: up. You can't sustain that. <laughs> well, you're upstream then, aren't you? You're not even getting the food in. <laughs> well, you're not getting the food
1: in. And you know, and I'm not a dumbass. Like, I know at a point I'm causing more systemic stress to my body. So I'm not going to be so ignorant to think I'm just hardcore, or just whatever. You know? So I, I know the writing's kind of on the wall there. So I'm going to listen and figure it out. But...
0: Yeah, it's a lot of food. That's for sure. It is a lot of food, man. I think I'd rather be dieting. So that's alright. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. It would be fun for two days. Yeah. Well, I can
1: deal with it. I can deal with hunger. I'm sure I'll probably. I wouldn't even be surprised if my training performance continues to go up initially because
0: yeah, just from it, dropping some stress.
1: Yeah, it it almost always does. So I'm not I'm not too worried about it, but
0: yeah. Anyway, let's get into the questions. We've done about half an hour. Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Let's do it. I just got my cardio in. I just uh,
0: picked up my mic and I was walking around. It's wireless. Oh man, that's a way to get your steps in. I should I should do that. I've I've done all (laughs) today. I'm doing all of them in a in a weighted vest at the minute as well.
1: I know. I saw. Well, I saw Gary talking about it. Were you doing... uh Yeah, which is a really good idea, honestly. It just... You probably don't
0: really even notice it's there. Oh, no, you don't. When you pick it up, you're like, fuck, this is so heavy. Right. But you put it on and, you know, you don't notice anything. It's got about 25 pounds. It weighs 25 pounds.
1: hmm Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a, it's a great idea for... And I was talking to somebody, not to change the subject, I was talking to somebody the other day about... um like being cardio adapted or cardio efficient and why, Yeah, you know, she was asking like, why does my, why is my friend who's, she's you know, her friend's overweight or whatever. Why does she about die when she's doing cardio? I'm like, well, she's for one, she's carrying three, she's oxygenating and carrying three times the weight. So yeah. you better believe she's burning a lot more calories. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why do these 300 pound bodybuilders walk at like, speed one on the step mill and are just drenched
0: <laughs> exactly it's <laughs> such if a saver you know. because you know my my steps could quite easily be at like 15k now but i've had them at 10k all the way through but every time i've like lost two pounds i've added two pounds to the vest. and um uh-huh. perfect and, yeah you know like clockwork i'm dropping weight the same you know nothing yeah. just really needed to change it's pretty damn cool yeah yeah that's
1: great i might even I might even try it out once I, if I need to, probably won't need to. I'm probably not very cardio adapted at the moment, but yeah. No.
0: And I mean, on the way up, I'll probably just reduce the weight in the same direction. Uh, yeah. okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, let's get let's pull up
1: both threads. All right. I'm get on this Instagram Thread first. Um, First question. Okay. Issues or potential issues with donating plasma and bodybuilding. Concerns with growth and recovery. So he likes the money aspect of it. I don't know if you guys have this here, but so or there, but we can donate. It's like free donations for blood, right? You don't get anything out of it, but it's free to do. We, we can donate blood here. You can't?
0: We can. We we can
1: donate Okay, blood we, right. Yeah, so we, we do, right? So we can do it here, but we can also donate plasma, and they'll pay you for it. We don't have that. So plasma donation, uh, basically, what they do is they pull it all. They pull the blood out. It runs through a machine, separates, separates the plasma, then then everything else goes back in. I'm pretty sure they use like a saline filling um, because plasma makes up a lot of the volume of the blood. So they use like kind of like the saline that you would get at the you know like the solution that you get at the hospital if they put IV in. They return it back in so you have the same basically the same amount of volume going back in and that replenishes some of the hydration. So the plasma does have does have nutrients and a lot of the water content. So I mean one of the concerns would be hydration. But you know, and and I'm not positive on this, but I would assume that the solution that goes back in probably also is kind of a replenishing solution. Um, I've had a couple had a couple clients that have donated it and didn't really have any issues frequency is going to be probably the biggest thing i know you can donate all different for plasma they can you can donate it pretty often um so my only suggestion i would say just start just start slow just try it and then maybe train the day after see how you feel and i mean you're going to be able to tell if it's going to cause any dehydration or, or hinder anything that'd probably be my suggestion
0: Yeah, I think, so we don't have that over here, so it's not an area of expertise for me. But if I was gonna take a stab in the dark, my concern would be immunoglobulin levels. Yeah. um, Antibodies that are produced by plasma cells themselves. Um, So they'll neutralize pathogens, um, bacteria and viruses. Um, And if there's rapid drop offs in immunoglobulins, that's likely the, that's the only thing that springs to mind. Um, but I don't, again, I don't know what they're putting back into you, but right. Well, that's,
1: Yeah. I, I don't, like I said, I don't know what the solution contains, but, but if you look at reviews and stuff of people doing it, you will see occasionally somebody getting sick afterwards, like, uh, you know, like just general sicknesses, viruses, colds, things like that. So that would be immune related, obviously. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And and of course, training elicits a certain immune response too. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I would personally probably just, if you want the cash, you know, I would start at lower frequency and just kind of see how it goes. That's all. I don't don't know that there's really any way to say for sure other than try it. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Let's see here's another one you may have heard this podcast or seen it so listen to a podcast recently where the doctor who works alongside dr serrano claimed that fats have a huge benefit to hypertrophy and advises going high fat 50 to 100 grams post-workout for more sustained insulin response response uh which is obviously against common practice and is literally the opposite of what i do well this person's my
0: client this is not what he's doing but <laughs> yeah, it's just like a, one of those. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. Should I be doing that? <laughs> right. Well,
1: first off, the the gentleman is. I, I believe it's Scott Mendelson who's just is friends with Doctor Serrano. He's not. A, Scott is not a doctor. He is. He does a lot of online and in person training. I don't. Um, I've met him before. He was actually came one the today. bench. The bench guy. What is it? No,
0: no, 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 <laughs>
1: not that Scott, not that Scott Mendelson. No, I got it. I, I obviously
0: haven't listened to no, not I that Scott imagine Scott Mendelson with his giant neck sat there giving out, um, yeah, like <laughs> nutrient <laughs> timing advice. <laughs> no, this is a different guy, he's he's
1: local here, I think he lives in uh Columbus, Ohio area somewhere, but um, I know him and he's friends with uh Eric Serrano, but mm-hmm. they. I didn't listen to the podcast, I, but, um, I mean, yeah, so I don't know the exact claim that he made, but yeah, I mean, obviously there would be a more sustained insulin response of a, a slower gastric emptying speed. Um, I mean, yeah, cause you're slowing down digestion of every other nutrient, especially 50 to hundred grams is a lot of fat in a meal for anybody. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's, a, I don't know what the claim was though, in terms of what the actual benefit would be other than a more sustained insulin response. Did you, did you catch that? It was on advices. I don't know if you no, saw No, I,
0: I haven't heard the podcast, so I can't really speak on any claims made, like you say, um, as you say, we're going to have a reduced gastric emptying rate with dietary fats in there. Typically, one wouldn't include dietary fats in a more traditional nutrient timing scheme because really you're placing macronutrients in the nutrient timing scheme where your um, sensitivity uh, or synthetic response to that given amino acid is going to be highest. So if your resistance training, amino acid and um, glucose sensitivity rates are higher via expression of things like, Glute 4, et cetera. And if we're talking about insulin, both amino acids and glucose drive insulin up. And when in the presence of one another, potentiate this effect of like a one plus one equals three kind of thing. And maybe you don't want reduced gastric emptying rate if you're having to load large degrees of calories around that time. Um, you know, so that's generally why um, nutrient timing schemes follow that degree. But like if the claim was that fats, have a huge role in hypertrophy like yeah they do especially in females intramuscular triglycerides drive many anabolic processes that resistance training in fact women in particular whilst we mentioned that they they do work from intramuscular triglycerides through resistance training a lot more than males do which is a consideration um i guess like, like everything it's going to be context based and if we don't know exactly what um eric or um was it scott sorry has said yeah um, scott Then you know we can't really dissect it um i was trying to pull it up to see if there was
1: anything else said on here but (laughs) you brought up a good point about just metabolic flexibility so like what you got to think of like what kind of nutrients are we utilizing during exercise of that you know it's glucose intensive exercise Mm -hmm. so i mean and metabolic flexibility essentially just our ability to switch between fuel sources um which is kind of part of the premise of nutrient timing also like we utilize certain fuel sources around the times that we're going to use them which is just what you said uh so you know i would i would probably need to hear it but i one thing i could probably assume too is that i know and i don't want to put words in anyone's mouth but i know eric and scott are both um, more low to moderate carb type of people and like in, in higher dietary fat. So in a case like that, it might be warranted to have higher dietary fat. Whereas I would want to know like, what's the overall macro composition, right. Of the day, because you're going to have some fuel. Our bodies are good at utilizing any any energy substrate you give it, if it can kind of adapt to it. So if carbohydrates aren't as high and you give it more dietary fat, it's going to know how to use it. Mm -hmm. You know? So it's kind of like, it's like why does keto, you know, why does the keto diet work? Well, I mean, we can utilize ketones, we can burn fats as fuel. It's not, our body knows how to do this. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to like say yes or no uh, based on this, but what I can say is the individual that asked, he is somebody that he actually doesn't digest fats very well um, wow. as a whole. Okay. So like I couldn't even imagine putting 50 to a hundred grams in a meal because his whole day intakes like 50 grams. Yeah. So, I mean, personally now myself, I can, I can take in 50 grams in a meal and I'm fine, but it just depends on the person
0: yeah that that's the context that's the the biological into individual response isn't it? i I couldn't eat fifty grams of fat no way it would kill me I, right. I, like, I, I can <laughs> brush
1: you know right yeah so it's in a lot of the time too like when me or I'm sure you do the same like we're looking at part of the part of the way that we would look at a macronutrient split once we have calories figured out is you know, what does the person metabolize best? What do they feel the best on? What do they digest the best? And that's going to kind of, chances are, that's the micronutrient they're going to utilize better,
0: most likely. Yeah, yeah. I'm so be doing this with a client right now that's got some severe GI distress from um, previous dietary approach. So we've pretty much just like flipping everything on its head, macronutrient wise. Um because yeah, you, you have to gather that um, personal information on the individual response to come up with a, a puzzle by fitting each piece in there, right? It's not a one size fits all. Hey, everyone should eat fifty grams of fat post workout, you know? Right? right? Not if you shit yourself.
1: Right. Exactly. And it's it's the same thing. It's the same thing when you talk about insulin resistance. We mm-hmm. carbohydrates can cause it. Fats can cause it. You know, if, and you're in a surplus mainly, but. I've literally taken people with. You can cause some acute insulin resistance by jacking fats up.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, for, for sure. sure. I mean, I you you take the kind of like what I do, where I rotate more fats on non-training days. Well, for, for some people, if I do that, their blood glucose goes way up. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I'm not going to do that with them. So it's kind of like these. It's hard to make these blanket type of statements. Um, so even if it were Shown to have some hypertrophy benefit in one population that may not be the case for other people, yeah. So, 100%. all right, okay. Maybe I'll ask Eric about it. I have an appointment
0: with him next month, it for a whole month, it'll be driving you mad by then. Yeah, I'll probably forget.
1: <laughs> he always. He always has. He always like bitches and complains at me when I go in, and
0: mainly yells at me and laughs at me anyhow. So I normally forget. He's gonna tell you not eating enough fat post workout. And then you'll most ready. likely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Last time I went in, I was eating like nine hundred grams of carbs, and he yelled at me. Did <laughs> <laughs> he do blood work? Uh, yeah, well, I did blood work around that time. It was actually my insulin and everything was fine. So there you go. Have a meeting. Yeah.
0: Rub that in his face. <laughs>
1: see (laughs) all right um here's a different psychology question um been struggling with coming up with a why to train and eat as i don't really have a goal how how would you combat this situation
0: what do you think that's tough if i didn't have a why to be very honest this probably isn't the best advice i just wouldn't do it yeah Yeah. Why would I? That's the why. I'd do something else that I had a reason to do. I don't see much value in, you know, I mean, we could make the argument resistance training is healthy in many ways, increasing bone mineral density as you age, preventing sarcopenia. Therefore, it doesn't have to be something that you dedicate a great amount of time to, or even enjoy. There's a lot of things that I'd rather not do, but I still do them. I don't really want to have to have a shower when I get up, you know. I'm really (laughs) bothered but I don't want to stink either. So, you know, right. there's a lot of things I don't want to do. Um, but I do them. And if it's one of those things, maybe it's just a case of grin and bear it, get in the gym a few times a week, get in and get out and go and do something else. Don't search for meaning because I think I do honestly feel like if you have to search for something like that, it it's not there for you anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's, and you, your reason doesn't have to be. He he said goal. I mean, the goal doesn't have to be something like I'm going to do a show or I'm going to do a photo shoot. Your goal just might be I don't want to look like shit. Yeah, like that's a that's a goal. I mean, that's that's a. You know, I talk to you, you see people that look. Granted, there are a lot of people that go to the gym on a regular basis that don't look good and they never improve. But there are there are people that go that. Like, I would take my mom. I'm going to use my mom as an example. She does a little bit of resistance training at home. I give her some stuff to do. She likes to run as well, okay? Mm. She's literally been in shape and done this forever, never stepped foot inside a gym, never once mentioned the word motivation. She just does it because it it keeps her looking a certain way and feeling a certain way. Mm. And it never occurred to her, that there had to be some greater driving force to it. You know what I mean? So
0: <laughs> yeah, I think in in the time that we live in now the and the age that we are, I think everything is dramatized to such a degree that you know we feel like our life should be a, a motivational movie and you know we're on a conquest every day to go to war with this or that and it, you know it's, it doesn't have to be it's just not that serious. It's just a means to an end sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so, yeah. And I know, I know personally, and we've talked about this. If, if my goal weren't bodybuilding, I would do everything differently or most things.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I wouldn't
1: be, I wouldn't be eating 7,200 calories if I did it on the body. No, and
0: there you go. You, like, and because you've got a why, you do it. Even right. if there's no why, that's fine. There's no why yeah. in bodybuilding, but there's a why somewhere. You know, yeah. Got a yeah. Why. It just, it's going to be somewhere else. Go and do that. Yeah, Fuck yeah do something else. Fuck it. I mean, anyway, if you're going to be into anything and it's not bodybuilding, be thankful. Go and do something, you know, because this bodybuilding is fucking stupid at the end of the day. <laughs> you know? It's, yeah, I mean, there's so many,
1: like, if you, the pros and cons list is, and even if, even if you do keep yourself, quote unquote, healthier i mean still just the amount that you pour into it over the years emotionally and physically and the time and everything I mean, just like you got to want to do it
0: yeah go play an instrument or something instead that's not going to fuck you up and you can do it for like an hour a day then not have to about yeah. it again and baby it's really cool people you say i'm into bodybuilding they're like mm, well a bit weird you say like yeah, i play the guitar they're like oh cool you know yeah <laughs> and you can also play the guitar and, uh,
1: do some and go for a walk three times a week and
0: you'll yeah. probably be good to go. Yeah. Eat nutritious food, <laughs> resistance train a few times, and then go to some night yeah. like, at the weekend and rip out a wicked solo and have the ladies draw in over you. You know? Yeah. How much better? Yeah, because
1: you're going to, you're going to probably get a lot more, a lot more, uh, Attention if you weigh hundred and seventy pounds and not two
0: hundred and seventy pounds. Oh well, yeah, for sure. And you'll be able to, you know, walk to their house without wheezing. You can have a few drinks if you want. You don't have to bring your tupperware <laughs> yeah. You know, these people, you know, fucking weird. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's what yeah, I mean. What we've got to here is that bodybuilding is a fucking waste of time. So like, dude, you're lucky. Go and do something else.
1: Yeah. Don't do it. It's and, and I tell, they're like, well, you, you coach bodybuilders. Yeah. But I also tell people if they don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, it's not a difficult concept to grasp. If there's something else you didn't want to do, you wouldn't do it. I mean, I think it's, and we, I talked about this with uh, Lauren on that episode. It's an identity issue too, for mm. people like they, they, that's what they identify at their life as
0: and they don't know anything else. Yeah, and that's quite a dangerous path to go down, I think.
1: That could be a dangerous type of mindset with anything, really. I mean, um, kind of an exaggeration, of course, but I mean, I've heard just you, you know, and you, you hear about just people that get so ingrained in, we'll call it a hobby or a lifestyle or something that they do, and it causes mental. We'll call it mental issues, causes issues at home, causes all kinds of problems. I saw a, I saw a story. It was about different people that got hooked on different hobbies. Like one guy collected, um, collected playing cards, like different types, like Pokemon and things like that. Right. And he literally just went all over, spent all his money, wasted all his time fucking ruined his relationship with his wife like all kinds of crazy shit and it's just a dangerous it's a dangerous behavior when you can only identify with one thing in your life i think that's my point
0: yeah i agree with you entirely man for sure yeah when what you do becomes your identity because inevitably anything can happen you know we could anything could happen to us both tomorrow where we couldn't resistance train anymore
1: yeah you're right anything it's, you have to, it's, it's hard to fathom that and you don't want to think that way, but you know, you have to, you just have to be ready for anything.
0: It happens. There it was a, a coming on three years ago. Now my dad was getting out of bed one day, slips like four his back, paralyzed from the waist down like that. Yeah. Stretching, you know, and what are you going to do then? Yeah. Crazy. That's yeah. And we're not talking about some fat, old bloke. My, my dad was healthy, was cycling miles and miles and miles through the week, you know? Yeah, exactly. It can happen to anyone. Get hit by a car tomorrow. Uh, the craziest one, how's this? The guy in the bed opposite him at the specialist hospital was just um, was like a 19-year-old kid. And um, he was walking along reading a text on his phone. And he tripped up the curb and cracked his chin on the curb uh-huh and that's him paralyzed the only thing that moves now is his eyeballs fuck yeah for fuck. the rest of his life fuck i know don't look at your phone when you're walking
1: <laughs> no shit i've actually uh i've actually thought about that a couple times i looked at my phone i always like well i need to pay attention you see <laughs> you see those videos people like falling into the sewer and shit <laughs> Like just down a manhole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. It's crazy yeah. stuff, man.
1: Just takeaway there is: if you don't want to do it, don't do it because you only really get one shot at this life. So,
0: you know. Exactly. Figure. Imagine if that happened tomorrow, and you'd be thinking, "Fuck! Did I waste all that time trying to love bodybuilding? And I never fucking liked it anyway."
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in. We don't say this to skip. If you do like it, then do it, right? But if you don't, don't do it because it's. I know when social media blew up so much, there's all these people competing and they compete once, maybe twice, whatever. And I I could just, like, I've literally said this to clients too. Do you actually like competing or is it something you feel like you need to do? Mm-hmm. You know? And. Where are you from? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, and yeah, there are. And you can tell the type of person that loves bodybuilding, but mm-hmm. you can tell the type of person that does it because it's their identity or they they think they have to do it to be able to stay in shape or, or whatever it is. And those types of people that do that, they normally have more mental anguish towards it. They normally end up with more health issues, you know, all that shit. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Anywho let's go to the next one uh gaining fat uh gaining fat quicker than i planned post diet uh this is non competitor cut back down or maintain and then build up my calories
0: well that's that's quite hard uh so gaining fat faster than you'd hoped um like was your hope <laughs> realistic and where you passed the yeah. point of lower body fat that physiological function was impaired even or just general health was impaired i don't know what is the rate of fat gain how fat are you now you know that's real hard to say for a question isn't it yeah i think and
1: and i think we've talked about this before kind of once you you're gonna want your body's gonna want to return to that certain homeostatic point Mm. and it's gonna you're gonna add fat so not everyone but some a lot of people will add fat kind of quickly to because their body wants to get back to that point, mm. and at least till you hit it. Like I know, I know that happens to me. Once my glyc, I'm assuming my glycogen's full, and intramuscular triglycerides full. Like not, we're not talking about like super compensating. Once, once those things are topped off, I'll, I'll gain fat kind of quick. But then once I hit that homeostatic point, I really won't gain that much more. It'll be pretty slow.
0: Yeah, and I mean, fat gain for many people post-diet should be a goal if if you've really taken it down that far. But I mean, if this person's a non-competitor, it's probably unlikely. They probably just dieted down to a – was this a female, did you say? No, I think it's – let me double-check, but I think it's a male. Yeah, so they've probably just dieted down to – low healthy end body fat and if they want to maintain some degree of some semblance of their leanness then just i think the simple answer is eat less
1: yeah yeah it's yeah you, you know because if we could, let's assume they're gaining weight back right so you got to think that weight gain there's going to be a certain portion of that's maybe water some of it might be glycogen but you're going to have fat and muscle in there and you're only really going to, you're only really going to accrue new muscle tissue so quickly. So, you know, if you're gaining fat, then you're probably going too quick or your surplus is too big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe realistically, for yeah, right. You can hold, I mean, realistically how fast is the average person like average genetics really going to gain muscle tissue? It's not very fast. Yeah. So
0: yeah. I think, yeah, it's a I think
1: this, the- on on this. Yeah, a, that's a hard one to answer. <sighs> I think we gave some good context, though. I think that definitely should help. Mm-hmm. Um, last one here on Instagram. We just have a couple on Facebook. We get we'll get through here. Uh, how do you drop inflammation of bursitis? Oh, that's another kind of vague one. Mm. Um, bursitis though. So bursitis being inflammation of the bursa. So bursa sac and the joint. Um, I mean, I think pretty much any, there's a couple of things like any type of joint issue that's inflammatory. So tendonitis, bursitis type, there's going to be, unless you have like some autoimmune issue, like rheumatoid arthritis or something, I'm pretty sure it could cause that, those type of things. But let's assume that that's, it's nothing like that. It's going to be a couple of things, either. You have some prior injury, you have an overuse issue Mm -hmm. of that joint, or you have some kind of imbalance that maybe during exercises, you're not tracking correctly through the range of motion. So it's, you know, it's taxing that joint or you have like a, like a tight muscle that's causing that joint to not move correctly. Um, So, I mean, I would try to just figure out for one, you got to just eliminate whatever, whatever's causing. I mean, overuse is probably the most common thing. Like if I look at someone that has your general person that has a joint issue, I can normally look at a muscular imbalance and, mm-hmm. and like, in, like in their posture, like a good one is shoulder issues. They might have, they might be uh, like an anterior rotation of the shoulder. Like they're hunched over and they have pretty weak, rear delts and traps and things like that they have like a weak upper back musculature or they just have very tight pecs that pull them forward and of course now now their shoulder capsule is not positioned correctly now when they bench press and they do overhead presses lateral raises like pretty much anything they're gonna have start having shoulder pain yeah it's just like basic it's just like basic stuff i mean you can look at people that like if you have any severe muscular imbalances, then you're gonna probably end up with that's probably gonna cause some joint issues down the line somewhere,
0: yeah, usually mm mm-hmm. so uh, I'll put on um I'll use your example there, like shoulder bursitis, so if you've got inflammation of the bursa, let's say just above the the glenohumeral joint something in the shoulder, right um maybe you wanna like you say, look into resistance training performance as well. So, I mean, the shoulder are a good example. We could say, how do we, uh, as, as bodybuilders maximize muscular force output, but minimize joint forces. So, um, uh, easy example, reduce the moment arm to the, to the humerus from the pec. Right. So we could, uh, drop anything involving holding dumbbells or barbells in your hand, Um, whilst you correct the issue and and swap to just cuffed above the elbow work, you know? You can generate the same muscular force output on the pec, reduce the joint force. Um, Similar thing with like a lateral delt raise, maybe you cuff it at the forearm rather than holding a dumbbell in your hand or increase the stability to pull down inertia, for example. So again, lower joint forces. Um, That's what I'd look at training-wise I think NSAIDs is the is the common prescription, but I mean, I run as far away from them in bodybuilding as I can for the most part. A- apart from in the elderly, it seems to be of benefit to hypertrophy. Um, maybe just from their inflammation being over that inverted U-curve of response. But uh, yeah, um, I wouldn't recommend going the NSAID route, rather just correct the issue driving... Or rather, correct the cause driving the issue. Still there?
1: I'll probably. Yep, you. I got you. I, I was. I have myself muted, but yeah, I, I like to do something similar. I like the cuffs as well. I think that's a. I
0: don't. I don't
1: even know if he said. No, he just says bursitis. He doesn't even say what joint.
0: Yeah. Um, well, common one's the knee. If that's an issue, you know, yeah. here's another example: occlude. Right, occlusion. Anything yeah. like. This is an example where occlusion
1: training would work. Tempo training would be appropriate, slowing mm-hmm. things down. Like stuff like that. Like cuffs work awesome if you have elbow tendonitis or issues like that. Because again, you're not gripping it. You're not even moving the elbow joint really at that point. You know, so. Yeah, there's no elbow function if you're cuffed above the elbow. Yeah. Right. So in anything anything that's just going to put less is going to tax that joint less. I mean, that in and of itself is going to reduce inflammation. And then from there, try to figure out where, you know, like where the imbalance lies. Like why is that one specific area flaring up? Um, And then that should, that should do it. Yeah. Let's see. All right. On... Oh Jesus! We have one from Gary.
0: <laughs> How long is it? <sighs> the podcast in itself. Does it has, has an, an A. Does it, it, a is it English? Kinda,
1: not really. It's it's <laughs> hardly legible, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. Um, he says, "Gazette." Looks like there's. it looks like there's two questions, maybe. Okay, I'm. We'll, we'll give it a try. I'm yeah. quietly proud of my junk. But if I'm on the gas, I'm assuming that's on the sauce. Why do I get amazing morning wood? Okay. Surely, uh, surely my surplus uh, to requirements t- testicles <laughs> wouldn't be pulsing exogenous tests anymore? Or are my balls inevitable?
0: So I'm asking, I guess he's asking why. I don't fucking understand it. I guess he's asking why why why, he why is he yeah why has he got a good libido when his testes aren't screen okay. lh fsh well because libido being primarily well firstly depends what androgens we're talking about because for the most part actually libido in mammals is driven by oestrogen which is why testosterone seems to have such a large effect. But androgens play a huge role too. Um, Your blood androgen, estrogen level, what occurs at the androgen receptor and estrogen receptors and the downstream cascading metabolites of both all play a role in libido. And you're never going to have such a potentiated effect from your own testicular function.
1: Yeah, um, and I was actually going to say estrogen-driven. So that's like aromatizing compounds typically. Yes. We'll drive it up. Now, well, that's in an E, the perfect examples there is why does your, why can you have high androgens during a cycle and then you tank your estrogen, your libido shit? Yes. Well, that's why. Yeah. So you can still have, you could still have a, a very high blood androgen level, but if you tank your estrogen via, you know, aromatase inhibitor or whatever, then you're probably going to have, you're probably going to have issues. Same reason that you could have, if you have a cycle void of, Enough for even though your androgens are high, you might have problems so um that's really i mean that's probably the best answer for that one. I don't see what his uh second one is ma uh does mastron cause irregular heart rhythm? I like it, but might have afib but i but I think it could be related he says I'm blaming my sleep, my apnea, so um and then he told me I'm looking thick. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. hey! <laughs> Great, thanks. So he's asking. I guess he's asking specifically: Does is there any effect on heart rhythm from, I, don't know, I guess, Mastron specifically? That's the only one that he asks about.
0: And he thinks, and, and he has got some atrial um, fibrillation issues from Mastron specifically. You no, know, there's loads of there's lots of case reports in in men and young men using various androgens. I think Trend's the one that comes up quite a lot. That have had myocardial infarction or AFib or irregular heart rhythms. And there there is that case study with Nandrolone and um, what's the term that they use? Is it Q-wave, something like that? Yeah, Q-wave, I believe is the term. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I could say Master on, like... It drives there's there's nothing in my head that, that's molecularly unique about masteron that would cause this that other androgens don't, you know all other androgens are going to bind uh, androgen receptors in cardiac muscle tissue and and you know exhibit their effects downstream. Masteron maybe will have a higher binding affinity than some other androgens that could potentiate the issue, but less so than others. I don't know maybe if Gary if that's the The androgen with the highest binding affinity, using a sufficient dose for him, that may drive some negative cardiac adaptations.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's, I believe, I think we talked about it before. I think it was the uh, the nandrolone study that somebody brought up. Um, Fuck, I'm trying to remember now. It's going to drive me nuts. It was QT waves, is what it was, or QT. Uh, No, no, no. Um, QT intervals.
0: Yes, that's it. Yeah, Um, something
1: about. Because And I actually, I think Gary's the one who posted it because it was... Uh,
0: yeah, because I'm looking into it and I didn't really yeah. find anything unique of note on there at the
1: time. It was something along the lines of QT intervals and exercise, or uh, Nangelone and exercise cause alteration in QT intervals or something like that. So he, of course, he put, should I just take Nangelone and not exercise? <laughs> yeah. I think that was uh, <laughs> his <laughs> the question. Yeah. Um, shit that's funny uh but yeah i don't know that there's anything on i don't know that there's a lot of research you'd have to I, I guess see what like ecg would look like or ekg on different types of androgens but as you said i mean they all bind pretty similarly um i don't really have there's not you know that's the thing like there's not that there's not as much difference between how these drugs act as people think nice. once they yeah. once they bind it's they yeah they do have some different properties but
0: they're they're not like drastically different like people make it out to be no no i always use that sweet shop analogy It was like they all taste different but you know they don't really <laughs> they, right they all do <laughs> the same shit for the most part um, yeah, they have some unique you know obviously each each molecule has some unique cascading effects and based on what they're derived from etc. but you know it still all initiates with the androgen itself binding at the androgen receptor right yep. yeah
1: yeah let's see last one we'll get it so we did get through them uh last one for a natural athlete how can i achieve more muscle hardness without taking any estrogen blockers Besides, obviously, building more muscle, eating more
0: broccoli. I have no idea. Eating more goes. broccoli? How is that is obvious? That, maybe dim. Maybe that,
1: That's thing. what I was going to say. Is it because of higher dim content? Uh,
0: obviously, <laughs> eat more broccoli. What? Yeah,
1: <laughs> or maybe he's just being, maybe that was like a, some subtle humor he threw in there. I okay. hope so. That's
0: scary. Uh, <laughs> is this another <laughs> Gary question? No, it's not. No, no, it's
1: not.
0: This is a version two, Gary. This, this sounds That's like gary <laughs> That's funny muscle hardness though
1: i mean just, just get leaner yeah just get leaner i mean you can there's fuck, i don't even have to say it i mean there's a million examples of natural athletes in incredible condition that are hard it's not they i i know people attribute like like d h t compounds and that to extra hardness which they might they they do give like a certain cosmetic effect like and you might have like certain things that help with vasodilation kind of give you the more vascular look but I mean it's not there's plenty of natural athletes that are just fucking like granite
0: yeah just get bigger get leaner that's it that's all you can do and and I wouldn't bother with if we're going to go down the dim route like it's not going to do anything no no it's not going to do anything um and it's not and for
1: that matter. Blocking estrogen in general is not really something I would explore for fat loss um, up until maybe like right at the end before a contest, maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, estrogen can play a role in liberating, especially stubborn fatty acid areas. So like there is efficacy in bringing estrogen down, but, you know, as a natural athlete, well fuck it's coming down anyway but so is your androgens um yeah i mean your your estrogen level
1: pretty much every male is going to have low estrogen by the end of a contest prep or a hard dieting phase that's mm-hmm. natural mm-hmm. yeah because you're not aromatizing you can't aromatize like a total T level of a hundred you're not going to have a whole lot going on mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah it's gonna suck <laughs> yeah yeah, definitely. But that's looks like the last one. I think we got them all.
0: Sweet. That was pretty good, man. It was a good uh good selection in there with some some interesting questions. Cool.
1: Yeah, man. I uh I think we're good. We'll try to get I had a couple guests that I was considering. Um I don't know if I wanted to bother anyone. That was a couple people that were doing the Arnold. I don't know if I wanted to bother them until after hmm. they competed. So maybe have some good guests on. What do you think? Do you have any predictions?
0: Um, well, I mean, we spoke about it, didn't we? And, um, it's a very, oh, yeah. very interesting. Do you know what? I'd love, i like, I've got dreams of Johnny Jackson walking out and looking amazing. <laughs> do you, why?
1: Cause he's, cause he's old.
0: <laughs> I don't know because it would just be so bizarre. Oh,
1: I love that. Yeah. I would think it, I love that mentality too. Just somebody,
0: just somebody uh, like that comeback story, you know, like somebody just shows up like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. and you, you know? yeah, He walks out with those giant traps hanging over his head and he's like, what the fuck?
1: You get, uh, you get the one, the one guy, it's his last year and he just, and he's just on like 14 grams a gear. He just, yeah, he's he a fuck. Up.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs>
1: Does anyone <laughs>
0: actually know what Rami looks like? it's hard to say he's
1: he's so he's it's structurally he's so imposing that it's like he he's just got to be close you know what i mean he's just got to be close to 100 percent. and he's going to be he's going to be tough to beat because i mean structurally you're comparing him to other front runners like william Bonnick. i'm pretty sure he's doing it isn't he is he not
0: no he's not doing it is he not on the list fuck i can't remember um that's a name I'll probably skip over I'm not that interested but I mean who
1: I mean who is structurally as big as him at all there's like nobody
0: no there is no It's just he's just got to bring it in you know bring it in real crisp the competitor list
1: is I can tell you um did you see Dexter's he announced this will be his last Olympia yeah man sad Yeah, he's got. <laughs> he's doing it. Dexter's going to be there. Um, yeah. So, man, Dexter. Try other big names. Uh, Cedric will be there. He's always soft.
0: Yeah. Most. Of the time. Well, yeah, that's what. It, uh, it annoys me because I love Cedric's look. Yeah, his it you can His physique is just incredible. Like it's just, it's amazing. Um, ah, oh, Roly. Yeah, Roley's gonna be interesting because he's just consistently getting better, but but a lot better. Yeah,
1: the only thing that the only thing that is difficult in this situation is doing the Olympia and then coming back and doing the Arnold. Yes. You know, so I think that gets a little tricky. There's other Lionel Bayigi, he, he's always soft. Max Charles, he's he's probably maybe top six if he's lucky on a good day. Yeah, he, Steve Kuklo, Johnny Jackson, Dexter. I think Josh will Len- be a bit
0: of a, a dark horse.
1: Yeah, he could. He could sneak up there. He's pretty big. He's pretty uh, big, imposing guy. Josh yeah. Leonardo, his structure is huge. Yeah, he's in there. Victor Martinez. He's. Oh yeah. Him and Johnny, him and Johnny will be together in the last call out. The back, yeah. Yeah. Patrick Moore will sneak up there. He'll be up there. Sure. That that new guy. Yeah.
0: Hakeem Williams and Sergio Oliva could be Yeah, you know. Sergio's looking real good. I saw some yeah, of, there's, some of those new yeah. pictures of him the other day and he was looking crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's got he's got good structure, he's got really good muscle bellies. He can you can definitely sneak in there. Uh
0: I love that. I, I was um oh, what podcast was it? Uh Fuads that um Sergio Oliva Jr. was on. And and Fuad goes like, what so what's like a normal test dose for, for a pro and he says, What for me? But yeah, and he's like, No, nah, two grams. I was like That's what he said. Yeah. I was like, Oh shit, he just straight up come out with that. Damn. No, two fair, grams. Fair play for just saying it. Yeah. This is honest I I
1: I wonder you never know nobody knows what these guys I mean other than unless they tell you
0: yeah no well that's probably higher than a lot of guys are using but probably less than a lot of guys are using as well but I like even if that's just what he's doing he just he just said it
1: yeah yeah two grams plus whatever else yeah running like five four or five grams going into the
0: show that's I'm, yeah, I'll I'll try it, man. After this diet, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, you you would be able to to handle it though. Like I think it's from a tolerance
1: <laughs> level. There's yeah. just like, but you know, some people they genuinely probably look worse. They would be. <laughs> so
0: most people probably.
1: Yeah, they would just fucking their body would just fall apart.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but <laughs>
1: yeah, so I guess we'll see what happens. But
0: we'll cut it here. I gotta
1: I gotta get back to
0: work. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, eat some yogurt and uh, go to bed. You know that one meal you look forward to all day when you're dieting.
1: Is it that? Is it this one?
0: Yeah, so I've got a big tub of yogurt, mix some casein in it, make it nice and thick, some dark chocolate in it, and I am um, I'm gonna sit down in my little eating spot with my with my spoon that I like every night and say, "Jazz, don't talk to me. <laughs> let me let me concentrate." On <laughs> Do you so? <laughs>
1: Do you do um, unflavored Greek yogurt, like
0: just plain? Yeah, yeah. And then I'll mix a big load of... Um, That's how I do it. Yeah. It's, it's so good, so fluffy. It's like a 100-gram protein meal, so it keeps me satiated through the night. I do try mm. and get a big whack. I've been moving protein up quite a bit, actually. Um, uh-huh. Closer to 40 yeah. most days now. And um, Yeah, key. with a deficit. Well
1: you've got it all going on. You've got your weighted best, higher meat levels. You've got your, um, higher thermic effect of food. Fucking killing it.
0: I know if I don't wake up shredded tomorrow, something's wrong. See tomorrow's Friday. We could have you ready by Saturday, at least just pull water. Well, I was hoping to be ready by tonight. Ideally, you know, I'll just have the caffeine yogurt and you know, the thermic effect pop a couple of DMPs. Do you know what? I found like a pack of DMP at the back of my, um, I the other day. <laughs> I was like, let's put that back. There. Yeah, oh well, I <laughs> You right.
1: could, you could uh, make. You should make a transdermal that you line the oh, inside yeah. of your weighted vest
0: with. Oh man, yeah, your transdermal. Your him being DMP mixed with the weighted vest, bro. If I'd survive the dog walk, I'd come back shredded. <laughs> Dude, you
1: <would laughs> imagine how you'd fucking soak through the weighted vest sweat.
0: yeah no matter what you're wearing no matter how cold it is you'd be done (laughs) okay we're done all right man yeah um thanks for listening guys thank you for the questions as always um we will catch you guys next week